Today we are going to be starting a new series, and the lessons are going to be centered around this theme, finding our place in God's story. Don't you love that? Finding our place in God's story. You know, we're starting this series by looking at one of the greatest chapters in all of the Bible, the 15th chapter of Luke. Remember that one. Because this is the chapter in Luke's gospel, and don't we love the way Luke tells the story of Jesus, that has a trilogy of parables. And we know those parables so very well. The three parables are the lost sheep that we'll focus on today, the lost coin, and of course, the lost son or the prodigal son. We will look more at the prodigal son in a few weeks, so I'm not going to say a lot about that story today. We're going to dedicate a whole sermon to that wonderful story about God's grace. We remember the shepherd will leave the 99 in the safety of the fold to find the one that is lost. And the good shepherd will not rest until all of the sheep are safe in the fold. And the woman who has the ten coins, we remember that parable, and one is lost. And so she lights a lamp and she sweeps the whole house until she finds that one coin. And she won't cease that labor until the one coin is found. And then the father who waits on the son who's taken his inheritance and he's blown it all on his wild living and yet... When he comes back home, it's the father who runs out to greet him and throws a party in his honor. I want us to remember that these stories, the parables that we're reading, God's story, if you will, is really about God, all of these parables. It makes a statement first about who is God, the one who's always seeking us and, and won't cease until God finds us. Isn't that comforting? But, but, but it's also about the lost, and that's where I want to focus my message this morning. I, I asked a question a few weeks ago that I want to re- remind you of today, and the question was, when are we most like God? And of course, we reflect on these three parables uh, of a God who's always seeking. When are we most like God? And of course, the answer is when we act like God. When we do things that are in keeping with God's way and God's will, God's direction, God's action. A group of boys and girls were trying to find a game to play. And one of them said, well, why don't we play hide and seek? And Sally said, no way. I'm afraid I'll get hid and nobody will be able to find me. And then everybody will go home and I'll be lost forever. Now, now my little granddaughter doesn't have that problem. Hide-and-seek is one of her favorite games. I don't think she quite gets it yet. It's a game, and and she wants to make sure that you find her. She always hides in a place that uh, is is pretty obvious. She has her favorite places. I know all of them. And, And sometimes when I'm looking for her and playing like I'm having a hard time finding her, she'll say, Pop, I'm in here. So I don't think she quite gets it, you know. But would you like to see a little action of Claire Bear and Pop playing hide and seek? Well, here's my best shot. 
This is Claire Bear, and we're going to play hide and seek, aren't we, Claire Bear? Yeah. Okay. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Fifteen. What comes next? Nine. Ten. Ready or not, here I come. Where's Claire Bear? Is she in this drawer? No, she's not in there. Where is Claire Bear? Where could she possibly be? Where is she? Is she oh is she in the bathroom? Is she under the sink? That's where she likes to hide, but she's not under the sink. I don't know where she is. Maybe she's behind the door. There she is! <laughs> <laughs> this is Claire Bear, and we're going to play hide and seek. Even though I'd like to, right? You know, to be lost is uh, something that can be a game when you're a child. Or like Sarah shared in her story, it can be a little scary if you really do get lost in the midst of the fun. But today, I want to talk about what it means not only maybe for us to be lost, and maybe you feel a little lost today. We, we can all feel that sense of loss. But also to think of the other, think of people we know in our families, in our friend circle, in our, in our work circle who may be lost to be lost means to be misplaced, mislaid, or missing. To be lost is to be where you are not supposed to be, or not a comfortable place. Jesus was concerned about the lost, and he wanted us to make sure that we knew that God was concerned about finding the lost. He was so concerned that he told this trilogy of stories that we've already mentioned about lost things. A sheep is lost. A coin is misplaced. A boy runs away from home. And the Bible never gets more personal than it does in Luke 15. Today, I want to address the depths of our lives and to to help us to understand something about the business of being lost and being found. Why do people become lost, I want us to ask. Why do people become lost? Consider these reasons. We, like sheep, have the problem of nibbling, right? Nibbling, 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 until finally we find ourselves um, nibbled away and lost. 
In Isaiah, the 56th chapter, the sixth verse, we perhaps remember this passage. It's a beautiful one. It says, we all like sheep, not some of us. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his or her own way. Now, that pretty much covers it, doesn't it? So when I'm talking about the lost, I'm talking about an experience that each of us have had. We have all been lost at some time or another. Sometimes we disconnect from church. The number one reason that people give for dropping out of church is that they just got out of the habit. And I'll tell you how to simplify your weekends. Stop making church a choice and start making it a holy habit. Now, now a habit it can be a good thing, can't it? Especially if the habit is a holy habit. I, my mentor wrote a book called um, Holy Habits, and that was one of them. The, the very presence uh, in the community of faith together, a holy habit. You know, we can end the hassle of the, the, the will we or the want we by simply saying, Sunday I have a holy habit and I'm going to be in the presence of the community of faith. I'm going to be where God wants me to be in the midst of that community to give God thanks and praise. And, and for some of us, it's being right here present. For some of us, it's, it's coming online and live streaming. But however we connect, it's important that we form that holy habit of connection. Another reason that people get lost is simply because of temptations that attract us away from the fold, if you will. Uh, the grass is always greener on the other side. We find ourselves um, experimenting or being tempted away from that which we know is God's way and God's will. We are curious and oftentimes like sheep, we don't think about the actions much or at least the consequences of the actions much and we find ourselves led astray. You know, I was thinking about temptations this very last week, and I was thinking about my own coming to faith when I was 12 years old. Now, I grew up in the church. I don't remember ever not being in the church, but I remember our pastor taking us to a youth revival on the football field in the football stadium uh, of our high school, and there I heard the testimony of a former offender and drug addict. His name was Bobby Mankin. He preached at this youth revival back in 1971. I was 12 years old. And I remember Bobby Mankin sharing about the temptations that led him to a life of alcoholism and drug addiction. It, it led him to uh, robbing and stealing. It finally led him to being incarcerated. And in the midst of this terrible time in his life, that was when he met somebody who led him to Christ. And, and so there on the bleachers at Brownsboro High School football stadium, I heard this man, Bobby Mankin, say something that I would never forget and it would change my life. 
he said. I used drugs to escape, and they worked pretty well when I was younger, but they devastated me physically, emotionally, and spiritually. I did things that I'm not proud of and could have gotten me killed. I couldn't communicate with God. There is no place lonelier on earth than one could be, that one could be. Then, through the testimony of a fellow inmate, I was found. Hear that? I was found by Jesus. I was lost, and I was found. You know, sometimes I think that, that, that we are under the, the, the misinterpretation of the gospel and think we find Jesus. It's Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, who finds us, who prompts us to that place where we can accept Christ and, and can redirect our lives. And oftentimes Christ uses another person. The Holy Spirit speaks to us through another person, just like he did to Bobby Mankin. People do nibble their way lost. How does that old hymn go? Prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. You know, a popular conversation now between pastors and um, uh, pastor friends of mine, at least, and uh, are, are about members who are lost and, 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 and won't come back to the fold. We preacher types, we, we share our pain about people who will not sit in the pew if we're standing in the pulpit. We all have our own stories, and uh, they can get kind of pitiful when you get preachers together. I'm going to tell you that, but let me tell you something. Different pastors, different congregations, similar circumstances, and the stories feature similar reactions from sheep that look alike but have different names. And and I I can just hear now the preachers talking about somebody got sick and I didn't show up at the hospital. Gone. Somebody got a divorce and I didn't know about it. It was something that I said that was too political. Somebody got lost in the crowd of things and no one noticed they were missing. One pastor said, you know, sometimes in church it's like playing hide and go seek with the preacher, but the preacher doesn't know the game is underway. (laughs) And one of the pastor friends said just this last week that he got a letter and he wanted to read it and it started like this. Our church has become too social and too political for my taste. And then he continued, I used to usher and my wife used to sing in the choir. But when we made the move to the new sanctuary, and this preacher said, that was 12 years ago, we got lost in the shuffle. We felt shut shut out by our Sunday school class and we slowly just quit coming. I started playing golf on Sundays and felt a closeness to God, I've heard that before, that I didn't feel in church. Classify me as you wish, but until I feel the sense of fulfillment from church, I'll probably just keep playing golf. 
You, you know, we preachers and we folk who are in the pews, too, we need to realize that these people who may be lost from the community need to be found. And God may be using us to do the uncomfortable thing and to extend that invitation. I mean, what's it going to hurt to try to bring people back to the fold? And you know, sometimes people can get lost in the midst of their own narcissism. Some people cannot think beyond me or my. A certain man had two sons and the The younger said to the father, give me my share of the estate. You remember that. I'm not going to go into great detail because we're going to preach on that. But we need to know as Westerners, when when a son comes to the father like that, what he's saying is, I'm done with you. I'm out of here. I don't ever want to see you again. Give me what is mine. I'm gone. And while we'll say much more about that in a few weeks, suffice it now to note that this little story is laced with 76 personal pronouns. 76. The son was content to talk about me, about my, about I, I, I. He had big needs, big ego, big determination about where he was going and the life that he would lead. And it didn't turn out so well for him, did it? Here's a couple of sayings worth repeating. People all wrapped up in themselves make mighty small packages. And put your ego on the block and somebody will knock it off for you, even in church. People get lost. They nibble their way, sometimes in a very selfish way, but nonetheless, when they discover they're lost, it's a place of loneliness where they are. And it's a place of need. And we, the church, cannot be aloof to the need of the other. Another important question is, how are people found? Remember, we we learn by doing things that are God's way of doing things. How are people found? When we think of of, of the the, the shepherd and the 99 sheep and the one that's lost, we, we think in terms of what the shepherd did. That's what God would do. Leave those safely in the fold and go and find the one who is lost. The good shepherd searches for the one that is lost until that shepherd finds that one. Ninety-nine safe, one missing, and the one missing is the most important thing the shepherd has on the agenda. You know, you'd you'd think that 99% is a pretty good number, right? You could nearly excuse uh, yourself in knowing that you were missing one by saying, you know, it's just 1%. But but the shepherd doesn't deal with percentages. The, The shepherd deals with people by name, by experience, by circumstance. And and the shepherd is going to find the one. Because the one is precious 
in his sight. Simply stated, the church must recover its search and its mission, its rescue mission, and return to our apostolic roots, or or, or return to the ways of Jesus and care for the lost. Mike Brose, a former pastor of Southland Christian Church in Lexington, Kentucky, but I remember him speaking one time and talking about a habit that he had of going and, and, um, and, and eating at the local sports bar. He said people would recognize him from his television ministry. And one day he said as he was leaving the bar, a customer spoke up and said, Thanks, Mike, for eating with all of us sinners. And then you know what causes me to wonder? Where is your place to search for those who are lost? If we become concerned for the lost, we'll spend more time in perhaps bars or less time in boardrooms. We'll spend more time outside the church in places where we know the lost may very well be. We'll spend more time in the homes of those who may be disgruntled. We'll spend more time in in, in the homes of those who may may be be suffering from a a form of addiction. We we may spend more time in, 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 in places where the church is called to be. Not with the foe. But, but looking for the one who is lost. Jesus and the Holy Spirit are about returning us to our search and rescue mission. You know, there's been quite a bit of focus the past week on Minneapolis and um, a lot of the news, you know, hadn't been that great. Of course, we remembered the anniversary of the death of George Floyd. But I read a story about a, a, a Christian whose name was Kathy. And Kathy is from Minneapolis. And in fact, she's a very successful stockbroker in Minneapolis. And, and young, too. And she lived in an apartment complex. And, and uh, the, the apartment complex was a really nice complex, had a really nice pool. And, and she reported that she spent time at the pool nearly every day looking for the lost. She said she'd take her usual place in a, a chase lounge and, and, and then she'd be reading a book. And she said see, there'd always be an empty lounge chair right beside her. And eventually someone would come and take a seat. And before long, she said, conversation would arise. And soon the two would become friends, talking about the book, talking about work, talking about life. And then Kathy said, it's very natural to just slip right into talking about my faith and my church. And, 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 and before long, I'd work in an invitation. Why don't, why don't you... Come with me to church Sunday. Let me pick you up. Let me take you. And if the person wasn't quite ready, she'd say, well, do me a favor. Why don't you go on my church's live stream on Sunday and watch it and tell me what you think. And we'll get back. I'll get back with you. You can tell me what you think about it. 
And she said, if the person had a positive experience, which I'm counting on and praying about, then, then I would say, well, then why don't you go with me next week and check it out in person? Her, her church was so impressed by her testimony that they decided to put her on the evangelism committee of the church. And, and they asked her, would you like to be on the evangelism committee of the church? And her response, I think, is classic. She said, why should I spend hours with other Christians in a meeting of all things when I can sit by the pool and represent Christ to those who may be lost? Pretty good point. Where is your place to search for the lost? You know, perhaps the most popular verse of him in all of Christendom is amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. May I leave you today in this message with two questions. How much do you really care about the lost? And what are you going to do about it? How about act like God? The shepherd searching for the lost sheep. The woman seeking that one lost coin. The father who won't rest until that wayward son is home. Amen.